0: Buddy the Elf, what's your favorite color? for the town?
1: Hello? Hello? A king will come, the prophets cried. Down the chimney he will come. We don't miss no one. All I want for Christmas is a rock and roll, Feliz Navidad, prospero, año y felicidad. Hitch up your reindeer! uh. It came out
0: all over the storm. Hello and welcome to Dad Rock. I should say Merry Christmas and welcome to Dad Rock. Feliz Navidad, Dad, Rock. Or happy holidays or happy Happy Hanukkah. Happy, happy Lena Hanukkah. Uh-huh. Um I'm Jim Lenihan. I'm Patrick Foster. And on this episode, we're going to talk about holidays, the holidays. Holiday, holiday music. Songs, did right? you have a good Thanksgiving, Jim? Oh, man. As as always, I mean, yeah. you know, how, Thanksgiving's awesome. You get to eat all day. and
2: have Mine some... was so great. Like, I don't even remember it hardly yeah. yet. Yeah. You know, I can't even really recall any specific details. I know I was overloaded on tryptophan. We deep fried tryptophan. We skipped the turkey. <laughs> we just did tryptophan. It's hard to find. You have to email, uh, email, you have to mail order it. Yeah. But it's delicious.
0: That sounds like a lot of fun. hmm It was great. And I appreciate that. I can't that. remember any of it. I appreciate that since we're talking about the Christmas season on this episode that you came dressed as an elf. I did.
2: Um, I'm sorry I forgot my tights, but I have the shoes and the belled hat and and the green velvet. So you look great. Stunning. Thank you. Striking. Just keep your eyes above the waist if you don't mind. Thank you.
0: So how do you feel about... Uh, holiday music slash Christmas music in general, you know, Patrick.
2: You know, I got to say I like it, but only at the certain times. And, and I'll get into the reasons why, but I'm pretty hardcore, man. I don't really like to hear it around the house until, uh, I'm going to say this, like, till December gets in the double digits. Oh, is that right? Mm-hmm. That's not what you indicated to me before. I was joking. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, midnight on Halloween is too soon. Yeah. <laughs> How about you? When, when is it okay to start playing Christmas music?
0: First of all, I want to say that I am a unabashed fan of Christmas music. I love it. All right, I do. I I do like it, but in fact, as we're so we're going to play some of our favorite Christmas songs, mm-hmm. and it was difficult for me to narrow the list down to my four picks. Um, me too. And that's why what you're going to hear, you know, may seem kind of obvious or songs you've already heard before, but there's just songs I love so much. But anyway, I have a I have a pretty good collection of Christmas music, and I my rule is. Today, the day after Thanksgiving, Take that's it, when... Kick it off. That's the Christmas music season. All right, cool. And that's when you should start That's when you start listening to it and, and just enjoy it. Because here's what I really like about it is that um, it's just, ha- for the most part, happy music. Mm-hmm. It's happy music. It's fun. It mm-hmm. fits in the season. Mm-hmm. It makes you feel good for a month. And you know, then you go back on with the drudgery of your life <laughs> after that. <laughs> but... Um, I also find that I will listen to certain artists that maybe I don't even like in general. Just for when they do Christmas Christmas music, I'm Mm -hmm. fine with it. Yeah,
2: that's an interesting point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, let me ask you one quick follow-up to that. Are you like so hardcore that you're like constantly playing the Christmas station in your car? You put it on at work. You put it on when you get home. Like 24 hours of Christmas music.
0: So we do listen to the Christmas XM station. Okay. Uh, in my wife's car. She's the one who has the XM. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> um,
2: Big Blue does not have XM.
0: I'll put it on a lot but I don't listen to Christmas music exclusively for the month because that would drive you insane. It would drive you insane. Yeah, so, but I do like it.
2: And my good friend, uh, Kristen, who's my coworker and and good friend, um, she really likes Christmas music a lot and we used to work together in a sort of an area where it was just kind of the two of us and there was a constant battle about when she would put it on but... I tried to be lenient. Yeah.
0: Okay, so we're going to come back and play some of our favorite uh, holiday songs, not necessarily classics, but great songs. Mm-hmm. But first, we have to, Patrick, we have to do our dad rock business. Just get my dad rock business papers in order. Get those papers shuffled. Now get them in order. Okay. First, we have an email here. Okay. From George Singleton. George Singleton. Uh, he em- he emails us every once in a while. Good guy. Mm-hmm. Here's what he says: Hey team, belated thanks from Hong Kong. This is the guy from ah. Hong Kong for a superbly interesting show with Butch Vig. It didn't quote overrun at all. It was short by about two hours. Oh, it
2: was fantastic. Yeah. We could have gone on talking for two more hours at least. Wasn't Butch great?
0: It was. Fantastic. I mean, he just has so many stories, and he's done so much. And he's just so kind of like chill about it all. You know, he's
2: awesome. You know what I noticed about Butch that I thought was fantastic? His fingernails were painted and it didn't look wrong at all. It looks so right. That's right.
0: He painted a badass. like green. Right? It's great. Yeah. Yeah. I just, um, the other night was watching, I, I'm late to this, but I just was watching uh, Sonic Highways, which is this series uh, done by Dave Grohl Foo mm-hmm. Fighters, and Food Fighters on recording their last album. And they did like a song in each city and they kind of tell the story about each city's musical history and blah 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 anyway butch is in it prominently because he produced the album right so he's in there talking a lot about you know about music and and then you just see him kind of like doing his work producing it and Mm -hmm. again he looks so chill even just in that sitting man. he he just knows you know i think he's a guy sort of in in command of life
2: anybody who's seen the lead singer from killdozer pass out from singing is pretty pretty good in my book okay Oh, I have, an, I have a uh, Twitter message here from at Still Cool Still cool, right? Yeah. First night out record shopping with my son. He's obviously not born yet, but it's still awesome. And uh, a picture here is included of him and his uh, significant other there at the record store, which I think is just touching, right? It's Isn't beautiful. that great? It's so nice. That's... Thank you so much for sharing that picture. And where is that record store? Could you follow up? Because I want to go there.
0: Yeah. So what I would suggest to Still Cool Right is, you know, Get a framed picture, or or maybe it's in your scrapbook or framed on the wall, of the sonogram. Mm -hmm. And then next to it, put the picture of you shopping in the record store, right? (laughs)
2: That's fantastic. Or
0: maybe the record store goes first, and then the sonogram. I think that's right. Okay. And I also have a tweet here from Jetty Whitewolf. Could be a real name? Could be. Maybe not. Mm -hmm. Jetty Whitewolf says, people, straight off, I'm a genre-biased rocker but just finished listening to Nico Case for the first time, and then three more. Mm. So we have turned this guy around. He was apparently only into the rock and roll. I love it. And now we've turned him on to Nico Case That's based on fantastic. our discussion.
2: That was a lot of fun. And I have uh, a message here from wa- Ryan Warner, um, who, who he sent this to us saying, great Nico episode. Another backing vocal and foil for Nico is fellow redhead Rachel Flotard from Seattle Band Viz Queen. They played together Bumbershoot, and it was wonderful. So we talked about um, Kelly Hogan, who sings with Nico, and we also talked about John Rauhaus. And um, I saw Rachel sing with John Rauhaus in a sort of a solo gig that John was doing. So she was kind of his sort of Nico for that little tour he did with some of his steel guitar and lap guitar yeah. uh, music. It was really cool. She's a, she's a powerful singer. Another wonderful, alluring singer from the northwest. There you go.
0: So, if you want to go back and listen to any of these episodes, with the the discussion of Nico Case, mm-hmm. the interview with Butch Vig, you know, all the back catalog is available uh, on iTunes. That's what I love about our back catalog. Yeah, it's all available. It's mm-hmm. all out there. We don't, uh, you know, pull it off the shelves and issue deluxe edition re-releases later. Yeah, it's all just there. That's right. Um, go to iTunes. You can find them all there. And please subscribe and tell your friends and rate and review us mm-hmm. while you're there. Okay.
2: Rating and reviewing is great.
0: Also, um the email address is dadrock at USA The Twitter handle is at dadrockshow. And you can also uh contact us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash dadrock show. Just check yeah. us out there.
2: I still gotta get on that. I gotta look that up.
0: Okay. Now getting into the Christmas the Christmas songs. We, I did put, um, we did put a call out on Twitter for listeners to recommend some songs Christmas as well tunes. and call our Dad Rock hotline, mm-hmm. which is 571-424-1984. Yep. And we got some really good messages. And this one here uh, from Ben, I think, speaks to kind of the conversation we were already having.
3: Hey Jim, this is Ben Herman. Um, I'm calling to leave a message about my favorite pop rock holiday song. I'm so glad you asked because I have very strong feelings about this. The answer is... There are much worse things to believe in performed by Stephen Colbert and Elvis Costello. It's from Stephen Colbert's Christmas special, which I hope you've seen. It's called A Colbert Christmas, The Greatest Gift of All. And that Christmas special, when I first heard about it, I was like, what is Colbert doing? A musical Christmas special? What? But it's actually a fantastic... I mean, it's a great show, but the, the songs are just astonishingly good. He hired uh the guy who writes the music for Fountains of Wayne to write the music, and I think an accomplished Broadway musical writer to do the lyrics, and there are a bunch of just really funny, really great songs in there, but this closer with Elvis Costello, There Are Much Worse Things to Believe In, is really a small miracle. The lyrics managed to do something... That's it's just extraordinary and uh, it's actually a moving song, um even for curmudgeons like me.
1: There are cynics, there are skeptics, there are legions of dispassionate dyspeptics who regard this time of year as a maudlin insincere, cheesy crass commercial travesty of all that we all dear. When they think that well I can hear it.
2: But I pity them, their lack
1: of Christmas spirit.
2: For in a world
1: like ours, take it from Stephen, there are much worse things to believe in. A Redeemer, and a Savior, and a beast man giving toys for good behavior. The faith in what might be, and the hope that we might see, the answer to all sorrow in a box beneath the tree. Find them foolish sentimental well you're clearly none too bright so we'll be gentle don't even try to start vaguely conceiving of all the much worse
2: things to believe in
0: much worse things to believe in i have <laughs> never heard that before yeah but i think that goes to what we were saying is you know this is a time of year where th- there's a lot you could you know complain about or yeah. find you know irritating but let it go Just let it go, man. Just have a good time. This is the time of year to just be happy.
2: Just be happy. And I'm glad our caller mentioned Christmas specials because very briefly it reminded me of a Christmas special that I think we should all watch. Uh, It's from 1988. It's Pee Wee Herman's Christmas special. Have you seen it, Jim? Uh, Not for a long time. Yeah, but you've seen it, right? It features Grace Jones. It features um, the Del Rubio triplets. It features Charo, and it features Katie Lang. Among other guests, Little Richard also appears, and Oprah Winfrey, and Whoopi Goldberg, and Joan Rivers. They're all in the same Christmas special, and Frankie and Annette. Did you know it's that? It's a classic. Did you know that this year on uh, Netflix
0: there's a Bill Murray Christmas special? Oh
2: man, really? That's going to be fantastic. I
0: haven't seen it yet, but uh, apparently it's it's done in sort of like that old style kind of variety oh, show nice. Christmas special, like an they, Andy Williams thing. Or yeah, something. yeah, exactly, oh, beautiful. and I think uh i think george clooney's on it too (laughs) yeah that's great it's gonna be fantastic okay (laughs) all right so thank you very much ben for that contribution Ben. very nice and let's uh let's have you kick things off patrick what do you got
2: uh we are gonna hear a song um from my favorite guitar player of all time In Christ There Is No Easter West. Okay. It's an old Episcopalian hymn uh, that John Fahey traditionally used to close his concerts with. Um, now, here's what's interesting about that. John Fahey recorded a very famous Christmas album in 1968. It's called The New Possibility, and it's probably some of the most beautiful acoustic guitar Christmas music you can ever find. There's some hymns on there. There's traditional songs. Like, If you like that kind of music or any kind of acoustic guitar Christmas music, go get The New Possibility if you don't have it already. Um Stop listening to Dad Rock. Go get it right now. Destroy all episodes of Dad Rock and listen no, to John No, Fahy. no, no, no. don't go that
0: far. Finish listening to Dad Rock, then go. That's what I meant. Yes.
2: Um, and I would also make a very strong case that, um, you know, a lot of what John Fahey put together uh, influenced a lot of uh, sort of um, New Age music uh, in, a, in a bad way. He also in- influenced a lot of fantastic American guitar players, blues, folk, country i mean the guy went as deep as it possibly you know is possible to go um which is a terrible backhanded comment um not very eloquent but i just i love the guy a lot and uh came from tacoma maryland um but that song and christ there is no easter west appeared on various permutations of his blind joe death album which uh, has a history of its own it was i think first recorded in 1964 somewhere around there um But that song has a lot of personal meaning for me um, because it's kind of one of those songs, as I talked a little bit about uh, uh, on the Disturbing Songs episode, this one kind of followed me around in a good way. Um, You know, we all go through kind of times in our lives when, um, you know, things don't go as well as they could. And certainly we've been living through some, some dark times here recently. And as you said, Jim, at one point on one of our bonus tracks that music is your salvation and comforts you. And this song really comforted me uh, a lot of times and John Fahey's music did a lot of times through my life so I like to think about it um, around this time of year when you're you're trying to be a little bit thankful right for, for the stuff that you got and, and uh, the things that happened to you I will also say this about John Fahey uh, as I continue this extended monologue for anyone who's still listening you know have you ever heard how like if you listen to like classical music like Bach mm-hmm. or Beethoven or Brahms yeah, when you're the three big Bs. The yeah. three Bs, when yeah. you're doing something that... It, have you ever heard this, that it actually stimulates your brain waves a little yes, bit? Yes, right. I, when I do writing assignments or do any writing, I always listen to John Fahey because I feel he has that same power. He was very influenced by classical music. As a matter of fact, later in his life, he was struggling... Um, with his career, had kind of gone downhill. He was struggling with uh, Epstein-Barr syndrome, which was a a disease that he struggled with for a long time. And he made his living by going into thrift shops and buying classical records that people were selling for like 50 cents a buck. They didn't know what they were. And reselling them because he had such a deep knowledge of classical music. John Fahey stimulates your brain waves, people. And I listen to him all the time when I write or need to do something creative. And I encourage you to do the same because it really works. It brings you to a higher level, man.
0: That's intense, right off the bat. But I'm happy. You you had told me earlier that you that my my Christmas gift from you is going to be a John Fahey mix
2: that w- you're going to make for I me, will right? I make you a mix of of the best and brightest of John Fahey, which I think you'll like a lot. All right, that sounds good.
0: What Christmas Means to Me by Stevie Wonder, 1967, mm-hmm. Motown classic. Love it. Um, yeah, I, I pick that because I think it exemplifies what I'm talking about. That you know, Christmas is a time for just like happy music, yeah. feel good music, Swing and gets you going. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's exciting, it's fun, it feels like you're at a party, something like that. That was um, absolutely great party music. That's a great Motown song. It was actually written by a couple of the songwriters have Gordy in their name, so you know it's authentic. It's legit. Another thing about it is that it always it reminds me too of the movie Elf, oh, because it's featured in that movie Mm -hmm. at one point. The movie has actually a great soundtrack of Christmas songs. Mm -hmm. All these kind of like soul and swing and that kind of you know you know, kind of party music, Christmas songs. Yeah. And in my family, that is our go-to Christmas movie. Okay. The kids love love Elf. Mm -hmm. It has some great, like, funny lines that we will quote all year long. (laughs) For example.
1: You're a big boy. What's your name? And uh, what can I get you
3: for Christmas? Don't tell him what you want. He's a liar. Let the kid talk. You disgust me. How can you live with yourself?
2: Just cool it, Zippy. You sit on a throne of lies. Look, I'm not kidding. You're a fake. I'm a fake? Yes. How'd you like to be dead?
1: Huh? <laughs> no, he's kidding. You stink. <laughs> I think you're going to have a good Christmas, all right? You smell like beef and cheese. You don't smell like Santa.
2: <laughs> okay. <go>. <laughs> <laughs> oh! Ah! He's an
0: you smell like beef and cheese. You don't smell like Santa.
2: Someone told me uh, that that this weekend, but except for the Santa part, <laughs>
0: that's great. It's just your natural odor fragrance. Yeah, okay,
2: unfortunately.
0: So yeah, so the the kids love Elf. We watch it every year. That's to us, awesome. it, that's our version of uh, you know. A lot of people will watch like a Christmas story. Over, right. and over, and over, story over and over and over again. And I like that yeah. movie, but I've really become enamored with Elf. It's just yeah, a really funny movie. It's a movie. classic, man. So that's good family bonding time. Mm-hmm. But now, one other thing I want to mention, non Christmas related, about Stevie Wonder, just really briefly. I mean, I think the guy in the 60s and 70s was a musical genius.
2: Oh, of course. The Incredible. albums he put yeah. out,
0: Inner Visions and Music of My Mind and Songs in the Key of Life. Man. I mean, there, there's at least a half a dozen, like, just great great albums, right? yeah. And then it was like a switch or something completely changed when the 80s started. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, Jack Black in the movie High Fidelity put it best, class.
2: Rob, top five musical crimes perpetrated by Stevie Wonder in the 80s and 90s go. Sub-question,
3: is it in fact unfair to criticize a formerly great artist for his latter-day sins? Is it better to burn out than to fade away?
0: So is it fair to... uh, to hold Stevie Wonder accountable for his later musical crimes? No, it's not fair. No, no. no
2: I don't think so. Um, I kind of like. I just called it oh, Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, fair enough. We'll 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 discuss more <laughs> on
2: Stevie Wonder at a later. Yes, we no, will. He's great. He deserves his own pod. Absolutely. Okay. I'd like to go back into the sentimental history vaults myself, Jim, and um, play a little something for you right now by the pianist. George Winston. Winston from his December album, right? Um, we're familiar with that word? I would
0: imagine it'd be December.
2: Yeah, um, it's kind of a it's a record release in 1982. It's kind of a little song cycle. If you if you look at it, it starts with a track called Thanksgiving, and it goes all the way through Peace, uh, number twelve. But it's very tasteful. We're not mentioning anything specific, um, denominationally, right? Um, we're not specifically mentioning santa claus on the album because there's a song called some children see him uh-huh, but uh-huh, who is that uh-huh. but anyway here's what i want to say about this album it always makes me think of christmas and you know what it's fine it's 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 a good album right um i've probably listened to this album more times than any album christmas theme album of all and here's why when i first got my job at the record store when i was in high school it was 1983 Mm-hmm. And I was called in as temporary Christmas help. They needed temporary Christmas help at right. the Musicland store. My friend David Streit got me the job, and I, and I was helping out. And even in a mall Christmas you know, record store in the 80s, it got really, really busy. You, know, you needed like three guys on the counter, and it was super busy. Like, But here's what we figured out pretty early on. If you put on this December album by George Winston, every copy in the store would disappear. People were like zombies. They walked to the counter and they were what? what is this? This is fantastic. I have to have it for my holiday celebrations. And they would just buy copies, cassettes, albums, Jim, were just flying out the door. So we put this thing on all the time to like sell copies of the album. You know, and you had that now playing thing and you were just like, you'd be like, um, you know, it's almost like in High Fidelity when he bets him. You know, when he puts on that Beta Band song, yeah. I bet I can sell three copies of this album. It was the same thing. I was I, just going
0: to mention that. Yeah, but, yeah.
2: it's yeah. it's just like that. It would be like with a sly smile, you put the December album on, and it would just be like, oh my god! Like just start opening crates of the December album, and people would buy it. I don't know if it was just particular to our area i mean i know it was a very well you know selling album but it just did something to people i think it struck an emotional chord and you know he's a fine piano player but but this album is very carefully put together i think and uh, it's got a very tasteful photo it kind of reminds me of the musical equivalent of pottery barn i think the first time i walked into pottery barn i felt a little sense of of being welcomed because i'd listened to the december album so many times um And I remember that it got really hectic the day before Christmas at the record store, and we were out of copies of December, so we didn't have that to play. Um, And to uh, alleviate a little of the tension, man, because people were getting snappy with us, you know, and I was just a clerk trying to do my job. Um, We went into the back room, and we we redid our name tags as the Sex Pistols. (laughs) There was four of us working. I thought it was kind of funny. That's great. Blew off a little steam. Yeah. But man, you know, around Christmas time, when you're looking for some Christmas music or a gift for somebody and you hear something like that that you never heard before, it really, it snaps you into place. Music is the gift that keeps on giving. Always.
0: Yeah. I once reviewed a George Winston concert. No. In Rockford, Illinois, in the early 90s. Was he playing
2: anything from autumn or spring or Uh, summer? Because he did all the seasons.
0: I really, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't (laughs) tell you. Yeah. I was never, as I've mentioned before, I was never a good music critic. It was really hard for me to not just slam things <laughs> unnecessarily and and unfairly.
2: He may have deserved it.
0: And uh, no, I'm I'm sure he didn't. And uh, I'm sure I was just being a jerk. Um, but I don't think I gave it a very good review. <laughs>
2: And, you know, this was, a, this was a pretty groundbreaking album for the Wyndham Hill label, which, you know, later went on to be a big, you know, new age kind of label. This, this was kind of like their Nevermind. It sold so many copies and allowed them to put out a lot of other records and stuff like that.
0: This was their Nevermind. I like that. <laughs> do, uh, so do you, get, do you get into some kind of like peaceful, tranquil holiday trance when you listen to this? It's very music? sentimental.
2: Yeah, I, I, pr- I pray on sentiment and um, it, it really takes me to a nice place.
0: It's also nice with a good, like, warm cup of tea or something, or some hot chocolate. Or right? some
2: Thunderbird. Yeah. yeah. Or a um, hot toddy. The other thing that, that's nice about it, too, and I'll briefly mention this, was the great thing at, where we worked at Musicland slash Sam Goody on Christmas Eve. They gave the employees 50% off any item in the store. So I would take the whole paycheck. I know. The whole paycheck I got, and just walk out with a stack of albums. I need like a hand cart to get out to Wait, my car.
0: What day was that that you would get the fifty percent off? Christmas Eve,
2: fifty percent off Eve. Any item. That was a special employee gift from the from the Musicland store. So anything was fifty percent off.
0: So you would have to hold back. You would have to budget in your Christmas gift giving oh, yeah, budget man. to hold back a certain amount just for yourself.
2: In the back room, we each had these big stacks. I'm buying this on Christmas Eve. You know, nobody, customers can't have it. It was that, great.
0: That's 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 a Christmas miracle. Ugh. It was a Christmas miracle. Thank you, Sam Goody. Christmas by the Kinks. Oh,
2: thank you for choosing that one.
0: 1977. I love it. I crank it up at the oh, house when that so comes on. So great. To my kids' annoyance. <laughs> um, funny story, uh, just the other day, my daughter, uh, we were talking about our favorite Christmas songs. Oh, by the way, both my kids, independently, when I asked them their favorite Christmas song, they both said their favorite one was You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch. Really? Isn't That's that interesting. Funny?
2: Yeah, that is funny.
0: They both, they, I think they just like it. it's just a really funny, fun song. But anyway.
2: Not Ray Davies fans, though.
0: Yeah. No. So my daughter asked me my favorite songs, and I, I, uh, this was, I think the one I said was Father Christmas. And she's like, I knew you were going to say that. I don't like that song. So then <laughs> she later in the day, she goes with her friend to Starbucks, because that's what 15-year-old girls do. They hang out at Starbucks. Yeah. And she comes back from Starbucks, and she says that she asked her friend Gianna about their, her favorite Christmas songs, and then she mentioned that she's like, my dad likes Father Christmas. And her friend Gianna said the same thing. She said her dad's favorite Christmas song was Father Christmas Get by out. the Kinks.
2: that's incredible. And
0: she also doesn't like it. <laughs> so it must be a generational thing. Gotta I don't be. know.
2: But what a great opening line to a song. It's just so great. It's I, You know what I love? Well, here's the thing I love about that
0: song. Not only is it just sort of a great rocking song, yeah. very Kinks, sounds very Kinks, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. But also there's like nice little instrument touches in it that make give it a christmas feeling with a kind of piano and stuff like that right right
2: totally tasteful and 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 snappy and just so great
0: and then you mentioned the opening line about when i was young i believed in santa claus even though (laughs) i I knew it was my dad right (laughs) like immediately you know this is a different kind of song yeah and i actually i think from a sentimentality perspective i to me this is not a sentimental song but it represents the sentiment of the season Mm -hmm. which is that there are a lot of unfortunate people, people mm-hmm. less fortunate than you in this world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the the way he tells the story about, you know, he's being a, he's playing a, a store Santa and he gets mugged by these kids who, they don't want toys, they need money. Like, yeah, you know, that's, that. Keep is, your toys. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, give all the toys to the little rich boys. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I mean, that, you know, that, that. That cuts you to the core there, mm-hmm. and later on, one of the you know, and the, there's a line where one of the kids says, "Give my daddy a job because he needs one," right? You know, that's what he wants for Christmas, right?
2: Right, right. exactly. That is, it is kind of a different song. Yeah. yeah,
0: and so I really can't listen to that enough. I love that. Song. It's a great song. A great I great love song. it too.
2: Um, okay, well, what I'd like to say at this point in the podcast, Jim, is that I I sort of see holiday music breaking down into four categories. Okay, four. Um, check Quad- that three. quadrants. Should I
0: chart this on um, like m-
2: Okay, it might be three. I'm not sure. Let me let me get through this. So there's the religious, and I think we kind of touched on that with John Fahey, right? Right. Uh, there's the sentimental, which I think you talked about a little bit. Um, and, and I would an example of that would be maybe that George Winston song that I played, right? A little bit sentimental. Reminds me of a of a fun time in my life. I think you maybe the Charlie Brown Vince Guaraldi soundtrack, right? Brings that back for us the Linus and Lucy theme or the skating. Um, And then I think you've got uh, another category where it's kind of commercial music, right? Christmas is a commercial season. There's a lot that reminds you of those things. And I think you you tie some of those funnier songs in there with it, like, you know, the Colbert, Costello thing. Right. Some of the Pee Wee stuff, you know, that we talked about, which is kind of kitschy and commercial, but it's still a lot of fun, right? And then there's this song. Yeah, I know that song. Yeah, that's a good song. So sometimes, amidst the holiday season hustle and bustle, the sentimentality, the religiousosity, and the commercialality, human desire doesn't go away, Jim. And I think Rufus does a great job of reminding us all that around Christmas time, you can't lose touch with human emotion.
0: I really like the way this show is headed now. <laughs> this is good.
2: Rufus, of course, famous for the um, classic Walking the Dog, Do the Funky Chicken, was another one of his uh, records. I think he recorded with his daughter Carla at times. And, you know, Rufus is a little raunchy, but come on, man. Sometimes the holidays get a little raunchy. You know, we're all human beings here. And,
0: um, well, you know, as I mentioned, it is the season of giving.
2: Thank you. And again, I'll be your Santa Claus. You know,
0: and. Baby, it's cold outside. Yeah,
2: there you go. Yeah, I'm gonna trim your
0: tree. Um, so my next selection. What do you have? My next selection. <laughs> all right, let me let me set this up and tell you how I okay. dis, how I discovered this Let's shift gears. this yeah. song. So the year was 1987. Okay. 1987. I was a student journalist at Indiana University, and mm-hmm. we would get at the school paper. We would get um, cassettes and CDs. To review, mm-hmm. right?
2: Mm-hmm. Record companies would send them over.
0: So I'm, I believe this was a cassette that was that arrived, and I immediately snatched it up. And it was called a very special Christmas, mm. and it was a compilation of uh, new Christmas songs or newly recorded Christmas songs okay. by you know contemporary artists. Mm-hmm. And all the money uh, from the sales of it would go to the Special Olympics. Okay? Oh, okay. And they've made a series of these over the years, but this was the first one, 1987. And one of the songs, you know, being that it was 1987, um, the band U2 was really huge. They were sort of at their peak at that time, coming yeah. off the Joshua, Joshua Tree, Tree album, that, right? Mm-hmm. And so I immediately, uh, you know, listened to the, their contribution on the on the tape, and it was this song called "Christmas Baby, Please Come Home," mm-hmm. and you know, and they did it in a very, you know, um, up tempo, you know, straightforward rock style, and it was great, and I just mm-hmm. loved it. Mm-hmm then come to learn there's an even better version uh-huh. of that song yeah which is the original version uh, sung by darlene love mm-hmm. and here it is It out. It's timeless, man. The Phil Spector Wall of Sound, yep. which is perfect for Christmas music. Mm-hmm. The album is, is a Phil Spector album called A Christmas Gift to You. Mm-hmm. Or, I'm sorry, A Christmas Gift for, for you. you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, this episode is a Christmas gift for all of our it listeners. It is a Christmas yes. gift for you. Okay. Anyway, it's off of that album that yeah. came out in 1963. That's right. So I discovered that album when I... Bought a Phil Spector box set that came out in 1991. Mm-hmm. It was called Back to Mono, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it was it was four CDs. And so three of them were, you know, the Ronettes and the Crystals right. and and all these great bands, uh, you know, the Righteous Brothers, all this stuff, yeah. all this great Phil Spector, like and Tina. Me, yeah, yeah, all this great Phil Spector music from the 60s, w- you know, with the Wall of Sound and the Wrecking Crew mm-hmm. and all that stuff, and just great stuff. But the fourth cd that came in the set was the full uh, a christmas gift for you album beautiful. so then i was like for, you know for, i wouldn't say forget that youtube version it's fine it's nice but <laughs> this is the real deal it's the real deal this is just great yeah, stuff that's and that the whole manna. album is great you know again the ronettes and the crystals and and uh, bobby socks and the blue jeans yeah.
2: there's not a bad note on the whole thing
0: sleigh ride I mean, winter wonderland, wonderland rudolph
2: yeah great stuff originally um was called A Christmas Gift for You from Philly's Records, right? And the the version I came to know that I bought on vinyl years later was reissued by Apple Records and it had um Spectre as dressed up as Santa Claus with that back to mono button right. on his red suit. So yeah, I, I love that one too. My daughters love that album. I mean that's probably our family Christmas album that we play the most um as a group. Um, it, it's no it's no perfect album from oh yeah. beginning to end. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, a huge influence on a lot of people. Um, and and speaking of that too, I brought in. Um, this is kind of like. Do you have a Christmas compilation that you that you play a lot at your house? Because we do have one. It's called the Full Hot Christmas. That was my title, and I brought it in. It's got some wear and tear, but it's got. Um, it's got a bunch of stuff on it. It's got um, uh, Booker T and the MGs doing Jingle Bells. Um, it's got uh, Santa Claus is coming to town by the Jackson Five. Mm -hmm. Uh, Run Run Rudolph by Chuck Berry, Mm -hmm. which is great. Um, Is That You Santa Claus by um, Louis Louis Armstrong? Mm -hmm. Santa Claus Goes Straight to the Ghetto by uh, James Brown. Winter Wonderland by Aretha Franklin. It's one of my favorite versions. Um, And Eartha Kitt, of course, doing the timeless Santa Baby. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's on there.
0: That's cool. Yeah, I used to make um, Christmas CDs and give them out to
2: people. Oh, that's nice. nice, Could you do that this year for me and Carol? That would be good.
0: I, yeah, I think I can work that in. All sure. Right. It's still early that. in the season. Yeah, so so it's on my list. Get that going.
2: Officially on my list. That's right. <laughs> Christmas season day one. Uh,
0: one more thing you mention about the Darlene Love song is a lot of people now over the years have become very familiar with it because she would perform it every year on Letterman when he would do right. his Christmas show. Yeah. And every year she'd come out and blow the roof off the place, Absolutely. I think is what he would say. Yeah. 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 So it's become a, 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 a Christmas staple. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah.
2: Zippers, Um, from their uh, brief but very enjoyable career, sort of in the mid-90s to the uh, late 90s, Christmas Caravan was their, let's kind of face it, they'd kind of run out of ideas with the hot jazz swing theme that they had at that point, but um, Hot was their big album from 1996. If anybody, you know, if you like that kind of sound, that that sort of hot jazz swing combination updated, uh, they were a great band from North Carolina. They were a lot of fun. But um, they made Christmas Caravan in 1998. It was it's a really, really nice holiday album. It's got a couple of original songs. But they take on some standards in that style. you hear right there, this big, boisterous, joyous swing sound right, man. They just lean into that song with all their worth. You can hear the trumpet and the banjo and the drums. And to me, it's just like a song where it's like there's a lot of possibility. there's a lot of happiness in the Christmas season, you know. Your in-laws are coming over, but that's cool. You can, um, you know, you can hang with the squirrel nut zippers and some mulled wine, and everything will be good,
3: <laughs> you know. Wine.
2: And and I just, yeah, to me, it's like the, you know, it, it encapsulates the the fun spirit of the holiday season. That's why I like to listen to that album and that song particularly.
0: Yeah, so I remember very well the swing mm-hmm. revival of the 90s, and it was fun. Yeah. But I will say this: I think it lends, that style of music lends itself very well to the holiday season. Absolutely Again, it, right. It, you have this feeling of being at a being at a party, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a nice like, swank cocktail party or Absolutely. something like that, you know. Um, lots of people in red and green and yeah. the place all decked out, and, you know, it, it's just really fun. I think, um, yeah, there's some great, you mentioned, I think, Louis Armstrong, there's some great Louis Armstrong Christmas stuff that just feels like timeless for the season. Absolutely. And then within that revival period of time, um, you know, um, Brian Setzer, yeah, put out a couple of really good. He did Christmas albums. Um, the big band he had, right? That was big a band. great band. Yeah, yeah. great stuff. Um, I also have a record um, by the Reverend Horton Heat mm. from like around the mid two thousands, which has a kind of more like the rockabilly kind of feel to it, but it's a really fun Christmas record too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's something about that sort of style of that, you know, harkening back to that era that really just works, right? Yeah.
2: And, you know, I, I think that they're on that Christmas album and, and this Squirrel's Nut Zippers uh, thing that they did, too. There's a great feel of authenticity about it, you know. And one of my all-time favorite Christmas albums, uh, and I did not like this Christmas album or this singer when I was introduced to it by my wife, Sheila. But um, the Johnny Mathis Christmas album is killer, man. You know? It's just great. Oh, absolutely. His version of Winter Wonderland and um i forget it might even be on his version of slay ride when he says pumpkin pie that's incredible just the yeah. words pumpkin okay. pie i would encourage everyone to stop listening to dad rock go find that song listen to pumpkin pie well, no just, yeah stop it
0: okay but but speaking of johnny meth i, I think that's a good example that that's mm-hmm. an artist that you might not listen to under normal circumstances no. right but with christmas music it just works it's it a does. different thing yeah
2: mm-hmm. it really does
0: we mentioned, you know, sort of the celebration of the season and the and mm-hmm. the party atmosphere and all of that kind of stuff. You know, there is for some people a certain sadness that comes with yeah. Christmas time.
2: Can be difficult,
0: you know, can be difficult if you're, you know, maybe not in the best of circumstances right, that time of year mm-hmm. and you see everybody else, you know, joyful and merry. This between this and Father Christmas, these this, this is this fights for my favorite Christmas song just because the just how powerful this song really is, and the story that it tells. And I have to do some setup here because we can only play a clip, and you really need to hear this song in full because it's it it it's a great um, story song, and it and it, really it changes is. in its tone, and its scenes. So let me just set this up. The, the the song is "Fairy Tale of New York" by the Pogues. I know the Pogues are one of your favorite uh, bands.
2: Absolutely love them, and I love this story about this song.
0: This this song uh, was released in 1987, and I don't know when I became familiar with it. it. May have been right around. I'm sure it was right around that time. But mm-hmm. over the years, it's only it's only grown on me more and more and more to the point where it's a big hit. I want everyone to listen to this song mm-hmm. every year. This is just a tremendous Christmas song. You know, it starts with Shane McGowan singing "It's Christmas Eve" in the Drunk Tank. Yep. Right. This is a guy who's down on his luck. Yeah. It it goes into a story about a couple. You know, in New York and some of the struggles that they've had mm-hmm. and it, and it immediately, it, it's very Broadway esque sort of in its construction and, and it's, in it's sound, but also has elements of, you know, um, you know, Gaelic sort of folk music, um, you know, kind of pub sing along kind Absolutely of stuff in right. a way. Yeah.
2: All very Shane McGowan themes. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: but it goes into, uh, oh, and, and, and the, um, it's a duet with, uh, Kirstie McCall, uh, uh-huh. We'll get into that in, sad story in a minute, but yeah, um, but she starts to sing the, the the female lead starts to sing sort of the backstory about how happy they were in you know younger days and how they ended up where they are how now. How great the city seemed mm-hmm. and you know everything was just you know it, you know Broadway was waiting for me and all of this right. You told me that Broadway was wait, waiting for me and it it and then you know you get this sense obviously in the song that things didn't go so well for this couple. And they actually have an argument in the song, yeah, right? With you know, shooting insults back and forth yeah. at each other, right It is. And then we get to this part of the song that just kills me every time
1: it like the I, I The bells are ringing out
0: for Christmas Day. You know, that part where he's reflecting on his life and says, I could have been someone. Mm -hmm. And then she shoots back, well, so could anyone. Yeah. Man, that just cuts you down. It really does. That just cuts you down. And then. When she says you took my dreams from me, and then he steps up and says, you know, that's not the that's not the case at all. Yeah, you know, I kept them with me. I put them with my own. Can't make it all alone. I built my
2: dreams around you.
0: Man, that's just killer stuff, isn't it? It's
2: massively poetic. Yeah, and and fitting for not only the post career but but a lot of things.
0: I think anyone who is in a serious relationship uh can can understand that mm-hmm. right you you feel that your your purpose in life is to make this other person happy yep. and you don't always succeed at that and the character in this song clearly doesn't succeed at that but he's never stopped trying in some way or he believes that that's what he's striving to do and and he hasn't forgotten that and you know and then and then to say i can't make it all alone you know it's it's um you know he, he 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 needs her and he wants her to be happy and wants her to need him yeah, right and, exactly right, oh, yeah, oh, it's just killer stuff, and then the song just sort of ends on that note there, you don't know what's gonna happen with them no, um, but he you know laid it all out for her, and hopefully that's that's
2: enough right? yeah exactly right and and sometimes that's all you can really ask for, um. It's it, one of Shane McGowan's most incredible creations, and to me, like, an amazing capstone it, the way I see it on the Pogue's career. Yeah.
0: Yeah, And obviously, you know, and I forgot to mention, you know, the character obviously is a drunk and a gambler. You know, yeah. he he made
2: some money, came in 18 to 1. You know, it's just it's it's just they, great they've stuff. They've both been down on their luck. It yeah. is. It's a Broadway play and, and one pop song.
0: Yeah. It apparently took a, a, about two years to to write and record that song. I right. kept going mm-hmm. back and forth and reworking it, reworking it and uh
2: They know what they wanted to achieve, yeah.
0: It's just brilliant. And you know and, and the boys of the NYPD choir are still singing Galway Bay, you can mm-hmm. picture that, you know, maybe he's maybe he's seeing and hearing that through like the you know the bars, the little window yeah, <laughs> inside you the, see the drunk tech,
2: right? Yeah, and I think as you mentioned, Kirsty McCall's involvement adds a tinge of um, bittersweetness to it.
0: Um yeah, sadly she died in 2000 in a horrible horrible circumstance. You know, terribly was, tragic. Accident. Yeah, she was she was diving with her family in uh Cozumel mm-hmm. and there was an oncoming speedboat. She actually pushed her 15-year-old son out of the way and she got struck and killed by the boat. It's unbelievable. Um it yeah. So there's when you know that story too it lends even more mm-hmm. sadness to that song. And, you know, we talk about Christmas, and I mentioned this, you know, I love to listen to the happy music. I love the music that's up-tempo, that just makes me feel good. Yeah. But there's n- nothing wrong with uh, feeling sad, too. Uh, the, when you feel a certain sense of sadness or melancholy, that just makes the happy times even better.
2: I agree, you know, and you remember those times when all those folks that aren't here now were with you. And you crack open another uh, bag of chestnuts and... Um, another bottle of Thunderbird and everything's okay. There you go.
0: Okay. So, closing business time. Closing business. Um, Business, business. business. Listen to Dad Rock every week on iTunes and SoundCloud and Stitcher.
2: I listen to it every weekend.
0: Yeah, good. Yeah. 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 While you're, you know, doing your household chores.
2: Or Mm. driving your daughter around to soccer. Whatever it is, I just pop it on the old cassette deck on the weekends.
0: Uh, please tell your friends about the show. The show is the gift that keeps on giving. It is. And, you know, that w- actually, if you're looking for, a like, a really inexpensive gift for somebody. Oh, such it's a great. You know, maybe make up a little, a little card or something like that that says, I'm giving you a subscription to Dad Rock. Dad Rock. Yeah. And they don't have to know that it doesn't cost anything. Not at all.
2: Right? No, I and
0: think it's beautiful. They just set it up on their phone for them, and mm-hmm. there you
2: go. Such um, a good idea,
0: Jim. Also, rate and review us on iTunes and the podcast is part of the usa today podcast network Mm -hmm. and you can also as i mentioned you can call the dad rock hotline and and leave messages there Mm -hmm. that's 571-424-1984 yep and i wanted to mention that again because we have another call to close us out on this holiday spectacular oh fantastic um This caller uh, gives us a great song to close out on. Um, I would just want to set this up by saying I was not familiar with this song before I heard it, but it has great sort of Christmas nostalgia in it, and also uh, a really funny line about something about um, mom being unstable. (laughs) Mom is like drinking and she's unstable, which is which is fun too. But there's a lot. It's a it's a British song. Just so you know, some of the references are very British, but I think they're sort of also universal in remembering. Christmas time as a kid. And with that, uh, I'd like to wish all of our listeners a happy and joyful holiday
2: season. Happy holidays, y'all.
3: Hey, guys. Scott calling from Terre Haute here. Uh, in regards to favorite uh, pop rock holiday song, used to be Fairy Tale New York by the
2: Pogues with Kirstie McCall. May she rest in peace. But um, ever since Manic Street Creatures came
3: out with Ghost of Christmas, that has unbelievably toppled the song from the throne uh, it's just really fantastic especially if you spent any part of your childhood in the 1970s you can identify with it um, I just really love it honking saxophones and everything so it's just-
2: Stonehenge? Practical question. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, we're not going to f***ing do Stonehenge. We're not going to do
2: bloody bloody Stonehenge.
1: <laughs>